Hey listeners, it's Bulk Radio. Yay! Yay! We need like a sweep of kids cheering when we say that. <laughs> I don't think children should listen to this podcast. <laughs> you you're probably right. This is your host Peter. And this is your host Kyle. So has it been two weeks or one week since our last episode? Because I know we forgot to or we didn't forget, but we ran out of ideas. And then it is it is one week. Because we did Wesley Willis last week. Oh yeah, that was a good one. I like that. That was good. And you listeners can listen to that episode on what SoundCloud what are we doing it now? Mixcloud. Mixcloud now, because SoundCloud is being piece of shit. Yeah. Even though I generally like that site. But yeah, it's, it's just being it's a shame. Yeah. It's becoming too money hungry. Yeah. Well part of the issue too, listeners, was that I was trying to delete older tracks so that I could upload new ones that's always like continuously the most recent few. But then even after deleting almost all the tracks from our account, it still said we were over our upload limit. And I couldn't get that to that, go away. So yeah, that that's what's messed up is that even if you delete a track, it still counts against your upload limit because you uploaded it in the first place. Well, usually it doesn't count that way. It usually will update, but it wasn't, and I got mad, so I just didn't. <laughs> I didn't. Use, I haven't used SoundCloud in a couple of weeks. So yeah. Oh, also, I forgot. Following up, since we're talking about episodes we did recently, uh, we did the one a couple of weeks ago about uh, USB C headphones being a thing and then we talked about uh bluetooth being an alternative that doesn't require cords um i actually went out and got myself a good pair of bluetooth headphones last week nice what brand uh sony something or other but it's funny because i was just at best buy with the significant other and we were looking at headphones because she wants to get like a pair of over-ear headphones hmm. and a majority of the headphones we saw at this point were wireless. And she was like, well, that's stupid, because she doesn't really want wireless. Uh, um, but it's just funny how seemingly fast that transition is happening. Like, yeah. there was Bose, there was Skullcandy, there was Sony, there was uh, Sennheiser. Yeah. Um, but every brand had at least one set of wireless headphones. And I was like, oh, shit. Um, so. Yeah, I mean, part of the argument I made... In, in that in that episode I was mentioning is that, um, you know, I, I have a pair of wired headphones that I do really like, and my main concern was transitioning to a new pair that was also going to be cost-effective, because generally wireless is more expensive. So the pair I got is about 100 bucks, which bad. which is actually not bad, because I thought I was going to have to spend a lot more. And, did, uh, you, did, what? Pull the pl- did you pull the plug? Huh. <laughs> I guess so. <laughs> Puns. It's been really great, though, because um, not only do they sound good, but now I can go anywhere in the house or anywhere in my apartment without having to stop the music or take off the headphones or anything. It's like those uh, those Sonos speakers. I don't know if you heard about those. They're these wireless speakers that you can set up in different rooms in your house that, like, if you're in one room playing music and you walk to another room, I think it, it does it based on your phone or something, or maybe it does it based on like a wireless remote mm. that you have. If you have that on you, it'll transition the music to the other room. Interesting. So you have to have one in every room. 
Kind of. Well, not, or any, any room that you want to have music playing in, you know, I assume, you know, your living room, your kitchen, your bedroom. Maybe not your bathroom. <laughs> I always play Beethoven when I take a shit. <laughs> I just had this image of you sitting on the toilet <laughs> with an electric keyboard playing Beethoven <laughs> while you're taking a shit. <laughs> I'm just like on the toilet. Da 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 da. <laughs> oh jeez. Um so we should probably be on topic. It's been yes. like almost 5 minutes. Yes it has. But those are that's just recapping stuff from other episodes. So it's mm-hmm. slightly on topic. So listeners, we have two different shortish topics we want to cover in two different episodes that we'll release this week. We were going to start with one, but actually I'm thinking we might want to start with the other because you were just talking about the speakers that, you know, know which room you're in and, you know, adjust the volume based on where you are. To me, that is, it could be considered like a rudimentary form of artificial intelligence. Sort of. Um, Sort of. I mean, it's not really the same thing, but uh, I think you could put it under the umbrella of uh, technology working to improve your music listening experience. And yeah, um, yeah. I, and I think this one of the other topic that we weren't going to do right away might be better for this. And I realize yeah, I I'm kind that, of changing gears on air, but yeah, because the other topic exactly as Peter said, the other topic we're going to talk about that we were saving for our next episode, but probably will work better here is the ramp up of technology uh, in music that is allowing people to listen to music and experience music in ways that they don't even need direct input anymore. Mm -hmm. Um, The first thing that kind of set me off on this topic was finding out that Spotify, as well as some other programs, are now experimenting with creating exercise or running playlists based on your heart rate. Uh, which I found kind of interesting because, you know, everyone, anyone who exercises, they make a playlist, they play it in the gym, they play it when they run, whatever. Mm. But to have it create one from, say, a larger playlist that you have or maybe your entire music library and just automatically generate one for you based on the speed that you're running, based on your, uh, I guess, caloric output, whatever, (laughs) um, where you don't actually have to do anything other than just exercise is kind of intriguing to me. And Hmm. it kind of bears the question, like what other, what other ways could these apps or programs, what's the word, uh, procedurally generate music or playlists for you based on different, uh, I guess, cues Hmm. aside from just your heart rate. That's like could it could it use could it use face tracking to see oh he's sad let's play some happy shit <laughs> you know or oh I see huh yeah um I know obviously there's we talked about this maybe ten twenty episodes ago how I mean obviously there's already algorithms out there for for services like Spotify where they can generate playlists based on you know oh you like this sort of artist okay here's a playlist based on that, like, or even other ones um, that predate Spotify, like uh, Pandora, you know, mm-hmm. you just say, I like this artist, and then it'll just loop through music that's similar to that. Um, but 
Yeah, it, it is interesting to think about beyond direct input like that, just seeing what kind of things you know technology can kind of pull from you, whether, whether it's your heart rate or, like you said, facial expressions or something and play music based on that. Mm-hmm. That's kind of weird. Obviously, this is pulling from, I think, and you were telling me about this before we started recording about how our phones have all these different sensors and stuff. Yeah. Yeah. They have like, you know, accelerometers that can track its movement, like almost like it's shaking, like a, like a pedometer. Mm-hmm. Um, it has GPS that can track, you know, your relative speed. If you're in a car, that's another good example. It could generate driving playlists based on what it senses that you're driving. Um, ooh, not even speed, but like location, like, Ooh, you're getting toward the coast. Here's some, music yeah that's good I mean, for it's, that. It's, it, it's a little big brothery but the, i mean it could you know it could just yeah. access google maps or whatever since you you know it seems like every other app you download nowadays it's like this app needs to use your location yeah so hmm. and they always know where you are well let them know <laughs> that's what i say i actually had like a philosophical argument with an older coworker about like privacy because he's he's like all anti-facebook anti all that shit because he's like uh, he's in his 40s um and he doesn't understand how our generation can just like completely forego any concept of privacy it's just like i i gotta just explain it as we we grew up without really having it so Mm. giving it away isn't that precious to us because we never really had it in the first place you know we grew up with myspace we grew up with facebook so yeah. The idea of people knowing where we are and stuff isn't like some new and scary thing. It's just like it's how it always was. Yeah. You know, the, the, the transition, I guess, for maybe people older than us might might have been more scary, but Well and that, and that's the interesting thing too, is that well, first of all, I'll say really quick that I I'm kind of in the mini- minority with that whole topic. I feel that I you know, if you don't want the government or anybody to know where you are or what you're doing, that's fine. Uh, personally, I don't really care if they, I mean, literally, even if they were reading all of the text messages I sent, what are they going to see? Me yeah. making, you know, dick jokes or something. <laughs> yeah. Um, but I realize that, you know, that idea bothers a lot of people. No, um, I, I, I'm totally anti, you know, I guess what you would call NSA government spying kind of thing. Right. But there's a. I would assume there'd be a difference to be made, maybe not necessarily, between, you know, government reading our emails and phone calls and an app asking us to use our location and being like, hey, we're, we need to know where you are to, you know, generate content for you. And for some people, even yeah. that is like, whoa, I don't want people, to, I don't want this mysterious app to know where I am. I mean, the government probably already knows where the, where the hell everyone is anyways. So, yeah. But yeah, I, I, agree, I agree. I don't, I don't like the, I don't like the argument of, oh, if you have nothing to hide, you have nothing to fear. It's like, I, I totally get why people are apprehensive to, you know, that that level of invasiveness. But right. it's, it's, it's a catch-22 because, yeah, you don't want the government, you know, doing these things. But when content that is pleasing to us can be generated using these factors, it's, it's a totally different thing. Because it's like, oh, well, it's this content that's generated is making me happy. So therefore I'm more willing to give up, you know, privacy in order to receive this. It's using technology to improve the experience 
Yes. And in order to do that, it needs to know certain. I mean, it needs to know certain things about what you're doing or where you are in order to do that. Mm-hmm. You know, that's. <laughs> I don't know what else to say about that. I mean, that's the only no, way it really can be achieved. That's, that's exactly it. I remember even when I'm kind of turning into Kyle's tech corner here, but it's fine. Even when Windows 10 came out, there was a big hoopla because that uh, that thing Cortana or uh, whatever. Um, in the, I guess, security settings of Windows, it automatically has turned on where Cortana basically can log your keystrokes of what uh, you're yeah. searching, of what you're looking up, and uh, and even voice patterns because you can talk to it if you have a mic attached to your uh, your computer. And through all of that, it helps try to generate, you know, content or searches based on what it thinks you want or like. Yeah. A lot of people are like, Whoa, that's kind of fucked up that my, you know, PC is now logging my keystrokes, listening to me and all this shit. The part where I, I kind of agree that is a little scary is not that I don't trust Windows with that information. It's that how many times have we seen where different entities are like, oh, this company gathers information on people. We're going to subpoena them to release, to give us that information for whatever reason, because that person's a criminal or whatever. Hmm. That's the part that scares me a little bit more than like I don't care what the fuck Windows does with it, but right. are they going to sell that? Are they going to sell that information to advertisers? Are they going to be forced to subpoena that information if someone is, you know, I don't know, looking up nefarious things online? I guess yeah. it's kind of a catch twenty two. But yeah. again, I don't have a mic plugged in except for right now, uh, so I don't <laughs> leave one plugged in. I guess. Well, if if the government is listening. Then we have one listener. <laughs> we no, we have thousands because I, I would hope that the NSA has many different people listening to us at the same time. They just put us up on like a big screen. They're like, "Hey, folk radio is on, guys!" <laughs> They're all cheering, like yeah. a NASA launch or something. Yeah, I was just thinking that. Like a na- exactly. God damn it! <laughs> we have liftoff. So, kind of. Terrible. No, I I think it's good where we've taken this so far, kind of as like a platform. So, no, Sorry. but I, we should take it back to like music specifically now. But now that we've kind of covered that side of it, now we can kind of. I, I took it to tinfoil hat territory, so apologies. Well, but it, I think that's a natural way for this to go, though, because you know I think artificial intelligence carries a lot of that stigma with it. No, I yeah, I completely agree. And yeah, the, as as apps and phones and computers become smarter and be able to sort of algorithmically create enjoyment and experiences for its their users, you know, the idea of, you know, us having a soundtrack to our lives based on what we're doing that has no uh, direct input from us isn't that yeah. far-fetched. It's like yeah. theme music. That would be interesting. Like, you just kind of have music going on all the time in your day depending on what's going on that's mm-hmm. weird now i know that spotify you said is one of the services that is mm-hmm. trying this out do you know if it's actually on the mobile app yeah um i don't have my phone on me uh i remember when i was helping make a running playlist for my girlfriend i was look, looking up current running playlists and i noticed i'm like oh if you go into this one running section you can set like a bpm and it generates songs based on that bpm now Hmm. whether or not if you're wearing a wearable like a fitbit if that bpm is automatically generated 
that may be the case. I don't know. I don't have a wearable that can sync up with it at this point, but you could also manually set that. So it's uh, it's in the works, I guess. Yeah, steps per steps per minute. Now that's. I mean, how would anyone be able to accurately figure out their own steps per minute? That seems well, like that would have to be like a pedometer. So here, here's my thing with that. And I say, actually, this kind of ties into something else I was thinking about too. Um, for one, you know, this thing with tracking heartbeats and steps per minute and Fitbits and all this stuff. Like, I, I, I want to say this is kind of a fad that may not last forever, but I might be wrong. Maybe we'll still be doing this in 20 years. I hope um, not. <laughs> not that I don't like running. I just don't like the, the, oh, everyone has to have a wearable and count their steps while they run. Shit. I, th- I think if anything, it'll just become more integrated naturally into our technology and our whatever. So. Yeah, exactly. It'll be like in, in our shoes. We won't even, you know, think about it. Yeah. So in, in this app, like you said, you can set your steps per minute and then, you know, it'll change the music based on that. Um, I, I'm i going to guess anyone who's using this feature in the app is probably already using like some kind of pedometer app or some wearable thing that's already telling them basically their steps per minute. Because mm-hmm. you were wondering like, oh, how are they going to know? But to me, if you're using this feature, you probably already have other tech that's telling you other stats as, uh, all at the same time. True. I'm sure it can. I'm sure you can tell it to like to detect it, because you know your phone can feel as you're stepping. You know. True. So when when you were setting up, when you were trying to set this up for Tiff, did you have it so that if she goes too slow, it starts playing really bad music, and she has to be <laughs> running fast to play good music? No, but I did put on the Pokemon theme song, <laughs> and the, and she didn't realize until she was running. She came back. She's like. Damn it, Kyle! I'm like what? He's like, I started running to Pokemon. I'm like, and, I'm like, and it, it looks like this is already a feature in the app. Obviously, I guess neither of us have. Oh, you you said you were trying it, but I I haven't I haven't tried it out personally. Um, mm-hmm. Were there other ones? Now you were telling me about um, what was that called? Uh, Pulse. Pulse. What was what was that one about? That one is a, is slightly different. It's kind of interesting, though. It's an app that procedurally generates electronic music based on your heart rate. Now, it's not like it's just generating songs from your library. It's literally creating new music based on... Oh, yeah, it's like generating electronic beats and stuff, right? Yeah. I guess you open, your, you open the app. This app is, from what I understand, currently only for iPhone. But you open the app, and... You hold your finger over the iPhone camera for a minute, and it has an optical sensor in its camera that allows it to monitor changes in the finger's color as blood flows, and it can determine your heart rate from that, which is really freaky. Yeah, that's weird. And I guess you can pick different options of music, like dubstep, and it generates music based on you know based on the heartbeat that it read at the time hmm. now the fact that you have to put your hand on a sensor for a minute is kind of a let's say large task to ask of somebody you know in this day and age with you know instant gratification um 
So yeah, I'm, so, I'm sorry. So you have to put your finger on the sensor or like the camera, or whatever, for um, a full minute, and just yeah. leave it there. Yeah, and then it, it, you know, because it's shining a light through your finger and your fingers translucent or whatever, it can right. detect the blood flow in and out of your fingertip. I guess. Kind of weird. Hmm. It's an interesting. It's a really interesting idea. Especially since phones are now coming out with like fingerprint scanners, I wonder if they can incorporate them into those to make it quicker. But mm. um, oh, mm. well, no, not the. Uh, yeah, it would have to be different though, not optical. It would have to be. Yeah, it would have to be like electromagnetic or something. Like yeah. I, don't know, I don't know if that changes with your pulse or if that's just a constant. Scientists, please tell us. <laughs> Science fans that listen to our show, which are probably none, since we're so scientifically liter- literate. Tell us about science on Facebook. <laughs> At Facebook.com, get your science. It also says that the app has currently teamed up with pop group Far East Movement, inviting us- users to stream their heartbeats into the studio. So it's even allowing music creators to create music based on this input. That's really weird. What, what, what are they making based on that? I don't know. Weird human heartbeat so, songs? But, but I mean, what data are you getting? Just... Like a beats per minute. That's a good question. Yeah, I mean, if that's all they're getting, that's that's useless information. That's literally just a number saying, "Okay, I'm going to make the music this fast." Yeah, that's. I don't get it. It's weird. Uh, This uh, Kasem fellow kind of is saying the same thing we were saying. We're we're approaching a time when these wearable technologies like Fitbits and fuel bands are going to become ubiquitous where they're built into the clothing that we buy you know at target mm, yeah uh and so he kind of wants to be on the forefront of this and you know using this n- constant data generation to create something you know pleasing to people i guess rather than just here's data it's like aggregating right, yeah. data into something people can enjoy Adaptive media is, quote, when your entertainment can react in real time to your biometric. So, kind of like what we were saying. Hmm. Uh, other examples, you know, you watch a horror movie, and it knows that you're how scared you are and can adjust the film's musical score to maximize the scare. Hmm. There's, uh, there's even been, uh, I guess, theories about putting this kind of biometric reading into uh, virtual reality games, which are very quickly becoming you know, the next video game forefront. Right. And, you know, say you're playing a horror zombie game, uh, they can adjust the number of enemies or where the enemies are based on your heart rate to scare the shit out of you. (laughs) Didn't they, um, I feel like I heard something like, can't they tell just from like some Um, sensors or something already in the things that... I was going to say, I know know the Xbox One, the Xbox One's, uh, I forget what it's called. Connect is that it? Connect maybe yeah. was is able to sort of do that based on your movement and your heat signature and stuff. Hmm. Um, I don't know if any games have u- utilized like that technology yet, but it's it's already out there. Hmm. So kind of weird to think about. Here's something else. I was kind of trying to do some on the fly research while you were talking about stuff. Um, I was wondering if there is some way to connect technology driven music choice based on like brain patterns while you're sleeping. Um, I didn't quite find that, but I found this website brain.fm. Um, basically it looks like it 
it's procedurally generated easy listening type sounds based on like some kind of artificial intelligence they've figured out that by generating this certain like ambient music soundscape type things that they're like clinically proven to help you sleep or help you focus on work or something like that um so it's not reading because i I have it going right now it's not reading my brain waves um (laughs) i had to tell it okay i want music or i want soundscape whatever the hell the hell it is for like nap time but i also could have chosen like i want to focus on work or i want to just relax or i want i want like something that's going to be good for like an eight hour sleep session so it's just kind of generating this on the fly which is kind of interesting that is interesting so not so i mean like if you're trying to find something that quote i don't know how much research that sounds like they've done a lot but you know, scientifically proven, quote unquote, to, you know, help you do these things. It's interesting that it's not like, oh, you just have to play jazz. It's like, this is something that's created by programming. Mm-hmm. Essentially. That is really cool. Yeah. So, yeah, I mean, it seems like there's definitely different apps, <clears throat> different apps and different technologies kind of popping up out there to utilize more than just, you know, user input to generate stuff for people, whether it be music, movies, uh, as you said, uh, brainwaves for music, for sleeping, I don't know. <laughs> they could, I mean, that, your idea would be interesting because you know how like people, uh, a lot of people when they go to sleep, they play those goofy uh, sleep soundtracks where it's oh. like, you know, a, a babbling brook or crickets or some shit. Yeah. If they could develop playlists that read your sleep waves and play those kinds of soothing background tracks based on your sleep waves. Well, that, that's what I was trying to find. That'd be interesting. I think you're out of something, Peter. I think you need to go with an app. I'll call it Sleeping Shits. Peter's, you can call it Peter's Nap Time. <gasps> Nappy Appy. Oh, I like that. Nappy. We'll call it Napster. <laughs> <laughs> oh my god. That was the best pun. Oh my god, that was brilliant. Oh god. Napster. Alright, well, yeah, I think that covers some... I'm sure there's more different things that we didn't find. Discover. Um, but, you know, it'll be interesting to see where... Because, you know, as, as technology keeps expanding and as AI becomes more ubiquitous in the coming years, I'm wondering how much of that is going to affect our listening experience. Oh, oh, I'm sure it will. It's kind of scary, but it will. Yeah. Well, I mean, we think about it in all the obvious ways, like, oh, the cars are going to be driving themselves because of programming and, you know, all this other stuff. But we don't really think about some of, like, the simpler things, mm-hmm. like exactly. listening to music. Well, listeners, if you're scared of technology... The future. <laughs> <laughs> if you're scared of the future... Tell us on Facebook at facebook.com slash getyourfunk. If you're scared of technology, send us a smoke signal. <laughs> send us a message by Carrier Pigeon. Yeah. This has been your uh, tinfoil hat adorned host, Kyle. And this has been your big brother, Peter. Your Fitbit wearing Fitbit wearing I don't wear Fitbits. <laughs> Fitbitch. Also, listeners, as we mentioned at the beginning of the episode, um, we're not on SoundCloud as much 
anymore, but um, I have been posting them to Mixcloud, which is a thing. So, yeah. <laughs> Way to sell it, Peter. <laughs> it exists. <laughs> it's a site. All right. Bye, everybody. Okay. Bye.